Alright, welcome guys to the first Fan of T podcast. Uh, we're going to start it off today with discussing our top five picks for the 2022 PPR redraft. Uh, yeah, so let's start it up. Uh, Pernay, let's, let's hear your number one pick. Alright, so my number one pick's no surprise at all. It's the pick that everybody has as their number one, but no matter what, this guy's guaranteed to get a good amount of volume. He's a safe pick and that he doesn't have much injury history at all. Stemming back all the way from high school to date. Yes, his coach said that maybe his other counterpart running back will have a greater share, but I personally don't think it'll affect his volume too much. And that guy is Jonathan Taylor at number one. See, I'm gonna see. You said that uh, it's funny. You said that everybody has this guy at number one, but I, I feel like I feel like CMC is kind of the guy here. I mean, he's like clearly gets it done in the passing game. He's the only running back on that roster worth a damn. Um, I know he's been hurt the past two years, but I feel like those are more kind of minor bad luck injuries than anything else, really. It shouldn't affect his performance for this season. Uh, the only thing I'm concerned about, it would be uh, either his relationship with Baker Mayfield or his um, the possibility that his workload is reduced to help reduce his risk of injury. But overall, if he's on the field, he's, he's the guy. He's just the guy. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you there. I definitely agree that, you know, I, I actually think that Baker isn't too much of a concern. He's played with maybe four or five quarterback, different quarterbacks already. That's Baker, the thing, yeah. Of, Baker may be one of the best quarterbacks that he's played. That's why it's just like a very minor concern. But I, yeah, I think so, I think he, yeah. Even if he reduces his touches from twenty five thirty a game to maybe fifteen twenty a game, I'd still say that given the amount of touches that he has and his efficiency with his, you know, both rushing and receiving. I do agree that CMC is a top-notch pick, and he has a crazy, crazy ceiling. So I don't disagree with that. The thing for me comes down to those injuries. You know, four, five different injuries on all different body parts over the course of two years, 33 games played. He's missed, He's played only 10 of those games in the past 33 games of the season. It's just too much risk at the number one overall pick for me. See, like... I mean, that makes sense, but, like, honestly, the fact that they're all different body parts kind of, I feel like that, like, helps him out a little bit because, like, there's not a single part of his body that's, like, necessarily a clear issue. It's all kind of just, like, minor stuff that I feel like can get over pretty easily, but I don't know. That's just yeah. me. I'm, I'm, with, when it comes to JT, like, I know he has, like, he's a great floor, but I feel like his upside's on his, like, he had, like, out of out of all the RB1s, overall RB1s over the past few years, he was, like, one of the weakest ones. So this is this is, this is something I found interesting. 2020 Dalvin Cook had a higher points per game than 2021 Jonathan Taylor. Um, like I, I get it. He's he's a unreal talent. Um, and honestly, I think he should be a little bit more involved in the passing game. But I'm still concerned concerned about Naheem Hines taking a lot of passing work. Um, a little bit concerned. I not necessarily concerned. I guess he's just like he doesn't have the same ceiling that guys like CMC or Derrick Henry have. No, uh, speaking of which, where do you have, where do you have Derrick Henry on this list? Speaking of, in terms of Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry is actually my fifth overall pick on this list. Fifth overall? Yeah. So that actually will will segue into the number two overall pick, which I have, which happens to be Austin Eckler this year. Now, uh, now this guy in particular is somebody who I at first wasn't the absolute highest on just because I had felt that he had reached his ceiling last year in 2021. I find it very hard to believe that he's going to put up 20 touchdowns, maintain the same number of targets and rushing attempts 
this year. And so there definitely will be some regression to the mean. That regression to the mean, however, doesn't seem to in my mind, that regression may be from 20 touchdowns to maybe 12 or 13. And yes, taking out seven or eight touchdowns is pretty significant, but no matter what, he's still a lock for that pick. The Chargers' offense is incredibly, incredibly potent in terms of its offense and its ability to generate touchdowns. Justin Herbert's a beast, so I don't have too many concerns with Austin Eckler this year. Dude, Eckler, Eckler really, like, he reminds me of, like, a baby McCaffrey, honestly. Catches a ton of balls. Um, he's great on the ground game, too. But, like, he's not, like, as, like, I feel like Austin Eckler is, like, McCaffrey's absolute four if he's on the field. He's a baby McCaffrey, but he plays through injury. Baby McCaffrey. No, 100%. He also has some injury problems, though. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I actually, I have Austin Eckler. I've, I'm top five as well. I think we might have the same exact top five, just in a very. We have the same order. top five, just in different order. Yeah, my so just no order. Uh, mine's mine's like CMC, JT, Derrick Henry, um, Eckler, and Najee are like four and five. They're kind of they're, I think they're really close together. No, honestly, mine's... honestly, yeah, I mean those five in like any order, you're fine. Yep, hundred percent agree. I'm JT, I mean, Austin Eckler, Najee, CMC, then Derrick Henry. Yeah, so I think you're you're a little more worried about the injury risks. Uh, I, yep. Honestly, I feel like you could justify those five those five guys in any order. Uh, what do you think about Cooper Cup? You don't think he's top five guy? No, so at least with Cooper Cup, listen, I had him on my fantasy team last year. He carried me to the finals. <laughs> Granted, Jamar Chase cemented my defeat in the finals, which hurt me. Oh, His week like 17, point 53 point dime piece of a performance <laughs> actually absolutely put me to the grave. Yeah, so I am high on Cooper Cup, but. For me, it's just, A, I'm very running back heavy with my first-round picks. I, yeah, I'm here yeah. RB strategy. to uh, I'll die on that hill any given day. <laughs> but also, I think that if you're asking me about the big three receivers, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, I think there's a better chance that Justin Jefferson, honestly, sir, or eclipses really? Cooper just... Cup and takes over that number one wide receiver role. You see, everybody keeps saying that, but, like, honestly... I'm not going to say they can't happen, but I want to see it happen before I take him over Cooper Cup. Like, Cooper Cup, no, even if you aggress this mean by, like, 20%, he's still a wide receiver. He's still, like, the wide receiver one. Like, that's so Absolutely. Absolutely. But my thing is just the Vikings, I believe, hired the Rams' ex-offensive coordinator now. They so did. if you just plug and place that same offense without defenses scheming the offseason around Justin Jefferson. That's cool, though. Yeah. You have a very you have a very clear cut path to being the number one receiver, whereas Cooper yeah, Cup will be double, double covered on every single play, even if it's out of the backfield. Linebackers will be keeping an eye on him for sure. Yeah, I mean he's a top ten guy for me for sure. I feel like Cooper Cup's got to be number one until proven otherwise, though. I don't know. That's just for me. That's fair. Maybe at some point we run top ten discussion, and have a little bit more debate. We can run top ten discussion for sure. Um, no, hundred percent. But um, yeah, so I guess all that being uh, said, let, let's talk about the king real quick. Let's talk about the king. I I like I like dude. I feel like everyone's super worried about his like his injury last year, which makes sense because it was a stress fracture, which means he was probably getting too much of a workload. But he had like nine hundred plus rushing yards in his first like what was it, eight games. It's absurd. Yeah, he's, he's a freak of nature. No, I couldn't agree more. I think on a points per game basis, you know, he he was the number one running back through the first eight nine weeks. Hands down, no questions asked by like four or five points by far. You look at JT finishing as the number one guy. Derrick Henry would have smashed those numbers without failure had he just stayed healthy. And granted, 
you may say, oh, Derrick Henry can't handle this workload, but he managed to handle the workload for three years before this past yeah. injury. You know, just because he could take 300 touches, you know, on the season necessarily this year doesn't mean he can't take it next year. And in terms of that yeah. injury concern that people have, the pedal foot injury that Derrick Henry had to his foot where he had to get surgery on it, it's not an injury that has a very high chance of re-injury, essentially. There's a 10% chance of re-injury going into the 2022 season, which is a lot lower than most other top running backs for any given injury that they have. I'd say the only two running backs you could possibly put as safer picks in the top five are JT and Najee. And for those reasons, I have those two above Derrick Henry. But nevertheless, I think Derrick Henry, incredibly safe pick, incredibly high volume, will no matter what give you top eight running back numbers this year. As long as he stays healthy, yeah. I mean, like, even if his touches go down a little bit, production goes down, like, he's, he is 28, and he's had, like, an insane workload over the past few years or whatever. So, like, yep. there is a concern about his production dropping off, but, like, he is a freak of nature. Like, probably one of the best pure rushers in league, in league history. Yep. Um. He can he can still even 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 like he can rush for like fifteen hundred or like sixteen hundred yards because like, now we have a seventeen game season. He rushed for sixteen hundred yards and like fourteen touchdowns, whatever. And I still consider like a performance decrease. So like yep. I I mean I think he's a I think he's a he's an absolutely solid pick in the top five. No, 100%. Uh, he's a, if, as long as he stays healthy throughout the rest of the year, he's a league winning running back, and he gets he gets like better in December too. It's crazy. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that? I think a lot of the concerns surrounding Derrick Henry this year are a deflated Titans offense. You know, they lost A.J. Brown. They lost Julio Jones. They have a worse offensive line this year. Ryan Tannehill hasn't proven himself as a guy, and Derrick Henry's gotten less efficient by year. So I think all those factors together lead people to be a little bit worried about taking Derrick Henry. What are your thoughts on the Titans offense this year? I mean, yeah, they lost A.J. Brown, and Julio, like, Julio didn't do anything for him anyways. And, like, A.J. Brown was off the field half the time, and he was still Derrick Henry. They replaced some of those guys with, like, Robert Woods, Traylon Burks. He was, for some reason, not doing anything, but, like, any that's besides the point. Like, Robert Woods, yeah. like, Austin Hoopers, who should move, help, help move the chains a lot more. So, they have less proven, they have fewer proven options in the passing game, but they still have options, I think. And either way, I'm in... The offense flows through Derrick Henry to begin with. I think it's. I think if anything, it's the other way around. I think that having Derrick Henry helps those guys, if not not those guys, but more than like those guys helping Derrick Henry. Yep. I mean, it's it hurts not having that same level of a deep threat because, um, I mean, having even just not needing that extra safety help for AJ Brown helping him helping that guy help uh, using that guy to help out with like Derrick Henry, for example. I think that's like a huge. That's, that's definitely a big difference. So it's a little bit of a concern. Um. But like I, it, I think that when it comes to the t- like first round picks, I think you want to have a minimal risk while also kind of looking for that league winning guy, that guy that can win a league. I think if he stays healthy, as long as I think the biggest risk with Henry is staying healthy. If he does that, I think you got to get yourself a league winning running back in the top five easily. No, I agree. Uh, with that 100%. He's I think. I, yeah, I think uh, the only real. The only real thing that I disagree about when it comes to people trashing on the Titans' offense is exactly what you were saying with Traylon Burks, right? When you look at Jamar Chase last year, Jamar Chase was a league-winning wide receiver when it came to redraft PPR leagues, right? He was drafted maybe anywhere between the fifth and ninth rounds of any given league, and he was a guaranteed winner. He won 
a lot of leagues for a lot of people. I know where I know where Chase's preseason, people were trashing on him left and right, saying he's dropping balls, saying he's not consistent, saying he wasn't worth the number five overall pick. He comes into the season, delivers. I think Traylon Burks is in for a similar season this year where he had a quiet preseason. So. Maybe he had to adjust the NFL speed of the game, but I think no matter what, once regular season hits, I think he's going to snap into that A.J. Brown type of figure pretty easily, and I think the Titans offense is going to look pretty similar to how it has in the past two, three years. I think he can. He'll take a lot more time to warm up to that than Jamar Chase, though. Yeah. Um, I think the huge difference is draft capital. Jamar Chase was supposed to come into the league and absolutely dominate. Like That was expected yeah. to happen. Um, the other thing is, like he was like even going into the season, Jamar Chase was higher up on the depth chart. Like Traylon Burks, from what I understand, has been like barely like in the picture at all. He's been like under some like under some guys like weird names. One guy I've been hearing a lot about those actually is like Kyle Phillips. I was like, I think there's like rumored to be their slot guy. Yeah, um, really interesting. So one thing that I've noticed about the Titans as a whole, though, in general. They kind of changed their like from the, the deep threats to like more short yardage guys like Robert Woods, Kyle Phillips, Austin Cooper. Guys have really moved the chains, which is one thing that I've really. I think was a big reason they lost last year was because in the passing game, once Derrick Henry was shut down, they could they didn't really have like a reliable move the chains receiver receiving threat. Yeah. I think it's something that they've really worked on. But that appears it seems like they've worked on to work the chains like this season. So I think that'll be interesting to uh, interesting to see that how that plays out. Um, uh, but yeah, you know what? Let's talk about uh, let's, let's talk about your boy Najee. Let's uh, yeah, talk I know about my boy Najee. I'll I'll for sure open up with this one. There, there's no question about it. There's no secret about it. This guy's been my guy for the past year. I drafted him at the bottom of the second round in last year's redraft PPR like drafts. He everybody told me I reached for him. I had no question that he was going to be the guy. You know, the Steelers the drafted him the first second round last year was not a reach. Yeah, you don't think? No. I, people were telling me it was. Last year, but no. For, no, he was like a borderline. Wasn't he like a borderline first round pick last year? I'm not sure about that. He very he was well like could have been. Last year, but yeah, whatever. Either way, I took him at the bottom of the second round. Did not think twice about that decision. Paid off for me incredibly so. And I really think that everybody's super low on him this year because of the Steelers' offense. But guess what? The Steelers' offense couldn't have been worse than it was in 2021. And if you're going to tell me that that offense getting better is going to hurt Najee Harris's value, I, I'm just going to have to disagree with you on that. Because, yes, you may have fewer targets in a game, but you'll have more touchdowns. And touchdowns count for more points than targets. So, in my opinion, yes, even if he regresses from 75 targets a game, or 75 targets on the season, to 50 to 35 targets on the season, well, match that with, say, five or six more touchdowns, well, and there you go. You covered your points on that front. So, in my mind, I personally That's don't think that Najee's going to, going to fall off too much. If anything, I think Najee has RB1 upside because I don't see that target volume decreasing too much. I do see that touchdown upwards regression going to the mean, and I really think that Najee's volume and lack of injury history makes him a lock for a top-five pick. Yeah, I, I also like him in the top five too. I think I like him a little bit less than you do. Uh, I think that I think he has one of the highest. I think he he might have like the second highest floor you can have in a running back. I think after who would you put at the highest, Derek Henry? I think JT probably has the highest floor. I think he might JT, be number, gotcha. number two, uh, purely because he has a guaranteed built-in workload. 
he's he's the guy in Pittsburgh. He's gonna get like all, he's gonna get all the carries there. He'll get some handful of receptions. I think he has RB one overall upside, but I think that his path to it is a lot more difficult than other guys because I think for him to hit RB one overall, he's gonna have to bond with like Mr. Trubisky and keep getting targets. Because I think I think one thing is um you don't know how much Trubisky is gonna dump it down to him as opposed to the kind of passing it to the receivers. That was one thing that Ben Roethlisberger did incredibly well, at least from a fantasy perspective, was he loved throwing to running backs. I don't think that's really hard to replace. And then there's a big reason why Najee, Najee did as well as he did last year. Um, I agree with you. He could, he should have, I guess he could have some more touchdowns this year, um, especially going through his sophomore season. And that's kind of, that's a good, um, it's a good time for players to usually break out into their second season. Um, so, but um, I think he has one of the highest floors he has a very high ceiling, but it could be a little. It could be somewhat difficult for him to like really reach that ceiling. Yep. Um, but overall, I think he's one of the safest options. I think if he's, um, I think he's. I mean, if you if you if you have a top three pick in your draft and um, JT is gone, for example, I, I don't have any problem with taking him top three. Yep. No, I absolutely agree with that. I think one point that you brought up too, which is honestly the biggest knock on Najee, is his efficiency. He's he was. By far one of the least efficient. He is the least efficient rusher out of that top five. He's one of the, yeah, that's he's true. definitely bottom tier when it comes to efficiency as a whole. So it's definitely that volume that's going to be carrying him throughout uh, the season. Now, granted, in his second year, I'm banking on those efficiency numbers to go up. I'm just expecting him to get better in year two, plain and simple. I expect him to make that jump. I expect the offensive line to make a couple of strides. I don't expect them to be too much better, but I expect them to be a little bit better if they were the dead last in offensive line rankings, according to PPF. I think maybe yeah. this year they bump up four or five, six spots, and I think that may be enough to give Najee that boost to actually Thanks. improve those efficiency numbers. And I guess the final point that I have on Najee is just that quarterback situation, which I think is interesting, right? Mike Tomlin has declared a number one quarterback, and we only have one week of the preseason left. But I do think that there's one factor that we just haven't considered yet, and that's Kenny Pickett. Pickett. I think that yep. that guy is a beast. He's he been like lighting it up in the preseason. He was like a baller. He's 24 years old, so there's not too much concern about him being immature, him not being league ready. He evidently proved that he can play at the league level. And in addition to everything, he capped off a game-winning drive with a touchdown pass to Benny Snell, which blessed my heart and warmed it so much because how many times did Najee receive a touchdown pass last year? Not many. Not many. Maybe one, maybe two, maybe three. Apart from that, not many. The fact that Kenny Pickett did that with Benny Snell speaks volumes as to how he and Najee are going to be in sync with each other once Kenny Pitt once Kenny Pickett takes the field. Now, granted, I do think it'll take a couple of weeks for him to actually take the field. I think it'll maybe be week four, week five, week six by the time we see Kenny Pickett as a starting QB. Nevertheless, that still leaves eleven primetime weeks for Najee to pop off from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. And if you're giving me eleven weeks yeah. of Najee at primetime level, well that's exactly what I'm drafting CMC at anyways. I'm projecting CMC to be healthy eleven yeah, games out of the year. So no matter what, I'm taking CMC at 11 games or Najee at 11 games with Kenny Pickett. And, you know, I'll take my gamble that he just happens to do well with Trubisky in that in, in the meantime. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, like I said, I think those are like, I think he's, he's, I think he's a 
top five guy for sure. Uh, incredible floor and upside um, is kind of there as well. So uh, yeah, I guess we'll I guess we'll see what happens. See how the uh, quarterback situation shakes out. And then um, yeah, I mean, so I think that's uh, I think that's our top five guys. The whole uh, Pranay said he's going. Um, what was it? JT. Yeah, Eckler. I'll list it out again. It's JT Eckler, Austin, Justin Taylor. Austin Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, excuse me. Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, Christian McCaffrey at four, Derek Henry at five is my list. Yep, I got. Uh, I think I went CMC, JT Henry. Um, I think I would, hmm, Najee and Eckler at four or five is. Uh, I think that's pretty much a toss up. I think that was definitely the four or five guys for me for sure. Right. Um, and yeah, I guess uh, I think that covers. I think that covers the top five. No, beautiful. I think we got. Good recap in, and hope you guys enjoy that. And then we'll definitely come back to you guys with the top ten and yeah. maybe a full mock draft soon. Absolutely, stay tuned for more. Uh, I think I think in the next couple episodes we're going to cover uh, best backfield committees, um, and another one I'm excited for is receivers with a new home: Devontae versus Tyreek Hill. I mean, You're going to lose that argument for before, sure. So stay tuned. Um, it's great having. Um, thank you guys for listening, um, and we'll see you next time. See you next.